You are now listening to Abstract Thought. This is a podcast where artists, creatives, designers, and musicians discuss their path through art, um, their early influences, and some of the stuff they're doing to this day. And today, I'm sitting down with a extremely talented um, artistic designer, creative, I believe also musician, and just an all-around talented dude, um, Ludwig Vernissage. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for the compliments. I didn't expect that. <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, no, thank you. No good. problem, man. Um, we were talking just before we hit record. I, I'm a super big fan of, of the videos that you do on, on YouTube. You do a really, really cool deep dive into kind of the artistic style behind the Halo games. Um, you, you even, which I think is admirable given some of the Halo community, you, you share your own opinions and, and things that uh, you think could either have made the games better or made the design better. And uh, yeah, with, with the whole new Halo TV show that actually just came out today, I don't know if you've seen it or not yet. I have, I have. <laughs> yeah, what's your yeah, thought? this morning. Uh, no, it's, it's interesting because uh, as you probably know, a lot of people have had you know negative things to say about it. Um, I was I was always hopeful, uh, but I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. Uh, but maybe it's because of the negative buzz surrounding it. But I I was pleasantly surprised. Like I I really liked it. But that's also because I knew like I knew it was going to be different. It's not like the games exactly. So, uh, but I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think it was I think it has potential. That's awesome, man. I'm, I haven't watched it yet. I kind of uh, had some other things I was doing today, but it's definitely on my agenda to like, as soon as I have the free time, dive in, dive in and watch that. Yeah. Um, and just to give some of our listeners a bit of a backstory, if you haven't checked out um, Lud- Ludwig, is it Ludwig or Ludwig? I don't know how exactly to uh, say. L- Ludwig. 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 And then it's yeah. Vernissage. With- yes, exactly. Got you. Okay. Nice. So you're actually like, weirdly good at pronouncing my names <laughs> like both of my names uh, well that that's quite a compliment because like i said i'm here from the middle of the nowhere yeah. in, in the u.s so I, I, I try my best um yeah yeah if 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 the listeners haven't seen your stuff where, where can people engage with um some of your artwork and videos and just general stuff uh well i i guess my main place for just like artworks and stuff is still instagram where i started off so uh vernissage you can i believe you can also just type in the art of halo and it should come up um uh so yeah basically on instagram but then i'll obviously have my youtube channel where i have like where i focus on videos obviously uh and my twitter vernissage yt so that's where you can find me Perfect. Thanks, man. Yeah. If, if listeners, you haven't checked out his stuff and you're a fan of the Halo games or just a fan of really cool, you know, digital artworks and, and kind of sci-fi futuristic aesthetic, you know, my, my artwork is very angular and geometric in nature too. And, and I draw a lot of influence from some of the Halo games. And that's also how I ended up finding your videos too. I was like, I'm, kind of producing this halo inspired canvas series, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I was trying to dig deeper and, and learn more about some of the lore and, and the history behind some, you know, either armor or just halo aesthetics in general. And then I found your channel and was like, dude, this is not only is it interesting information, but the way it's packaged, the way you interlay the music bed back behind some of the dialogue and stuff. And I don't know. I just think you, 
I, I can tell you take your time and you really are like passionate about the way you go about it. And, you know, I really engaged with some of your, your videos in that way. And um, yeah, I've let them just kind of play in the background as I paint in my studio. So it's, it's provided me that's a lot awesome. of inspiration, man. Thanks. And uh, that's, that's really nice to hear when, uh, you know, uh, when you do something like I do, you know, you make art for a couple of weeks, mostly, most of the time. Uh, then I got to, you know, write a script. Then I got to make sure this art looks good on video. Uh, then I got to edit the video. You know, it's a lot of like when you make art and then turn that into a video and you, you know, talk over it, it's obviously a lot of steps. So it's nice to hear that. So it feels like, you know, it's, it's worth it <laughs> instead of just me just like, showing my art in a video and not saying anything because that would be a lot easier but it's fun to hear that it pays off yeah definitely dude and in a way video making and even voiceover it's it's an art in and of itself too yeah it's it's uh, hard work <laughs> gotta say absolutely man um so i guess if i can go back just out of curiosity what was some of the art that you were into kind of in your, in your early years, whether it be as a kid drawing or did you have people in your family or any like notable, you know, art school teachers or something that kind of piqued your interest or how did you get involved in art and, and also music? Um, okay. I, I want to apologize in advance if I'm like a bit all, all over the place <laughs> going through my life. Uh, but I'll see if I can find the highlights. Um, uh, I, I want to say like wh where I started with art was basically with Spider-Man uh, when I got interested in, Sp in Spider-Man, which was, I was probably like four years old, I think. Um, and I started painting Spider-Man because I just thought it was, you know, he looked cool and all that. Uh, and then I realized there were some movies. So I watched uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man one and two. And that obviously kept me like, I think that made me realize like, oh, he's three-dimensional. Okay, how does shadows work? Kind of like, and you know, when, when it comes to Spider-Man, especially wearing spandex, you know, it's, you really gotta like show clearly how, you know, how shadows work and how light works. Uh, I, I wasn't a professional back then, but I, I think that got me thinking and like, uh, like how does light work? Where does, where do shadows, you know, end up? Um, so I think that really got me into shading and that kind of stuff. So that's really, I was never much, I was never really good at making abstract stuff. Uh, I just felt like, okay, I kind of know how shadows work. Let's just stick with that. So I've made a lot of faces, a lot of eyes, uh, noses and all that growing up. And I, but I was the only one doing art in my school growing up. So it was both like something good and something negative because like none of my friends liked art so they, they were more into sports and stuff so i felt quite alone in that way but at the same time like the art teacher obviously liked me because <laughs> i was the only kid there wanting to learn um uh, which was fun and it was the same with music basically um it was like me and a few other girls uh who liked music the other ones you know they didn't care uh that also made it so we, uh, yeah, I wanted to keep going because I felt like, okay, I'm, I don't have much comp competition. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go with this. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think it also helped because my teacher at the time, 
uh, my Swedish and history teacher. She uh, was really supportive because she noticed I was doodling and making sketches like uh, when we had other classes. And uh, instead of yelling at me, she actually gave me like a sketchbook so I could sketch stuff uh, in the meantime because she noticed like that's how I focus. Uh, So that really helped. Like I had a lot of people who supported me in the art and the music which i think really really helped that's huge man that's that's super duper cool um would you say that your your music and kind of early art influence did those things kind of happen at the same time or did did you start one progress to the other or did they kind of just grow alongside one another yeah that's a good question i i want to say like right now if we would jump to the present i feel like i have a good balance like art is more work to me you know it's my youtube channel it's what i want to do in the future while music is very much a hobby but i very much like music maybe i mean at least as much as i like art uh but i want to say i was i started off with art uh music is something like i picked up when i started playing guitar which was i think i was 14 13 or something like that um and i just kept going with that so that kind of took over the whole art thing. I started going to an art school just as I was uh, transitioning into more of the music interest. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I was stuck between two worlds and I I started a band with a few friends, um, which was a lot of fun. Like when I was, I want to say 16 years old. Um, so I think I kind of put art to the side, even though I went to art school at the time, I didn't really care that much because I was doing music. But then I kind of found my way back uh, to art. And uh, now it's more of a healthy relationship because I, you know, I realized, okay, I can't, it's not that easy to do both things just as much. Let's just make it so art is more of a job because I feel like that's something I, uh, I don't feel too much pressure with it. Uh, while m- music is a lot more pressure, like I got to write a hit song constantly which I, <laughs> I I don't want to do that uh, but yeah I think I think I have a healthy balance right now that's cool man yeah as far as being a musician goes it's like you see that path of all right well either we start a band and we start touring and we just drive across the countries in like a tiny dirty stinky van for yeah. years and <laughs> scrape it out until eventually hopefully someone gives us a record deal or something yeah yeah Exactly. It, and I feel like too, like your, your interest in music and art are cemented in the fact that like through the Halo series, both of those things play such an integral role, you Definitely. know, from, from the art direction to the music of those games, they're all at the forefront of the overall aesthetic and, and mood and tempo of those games. Um, so you said earlier, you were kind of into like the Spider-Man side of things and experimenting with drawing some of that. Um, at what time did you sort of get involved in sort of the Halo universe, if you will? And what, what was your first kind of take on that? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting because Halo was with me before Spider-Man. Like, I think I started playing Halo like when I was four, I think, because uh, we, uh, me and my brother went to a friend's house and we played Halo there because they had the original Xbox. Uh so even though Halo wasn't really 
what brought me into either art or music directly i think it really i think i think it kind of did like uh even though i didn't notice it like it kind of brought me into like oh this looks good why does it look good like like these sky boxes why do they look good why does this make me feel something and uh why is this music why does this music keep sounding so good even though i've heard it a thousand times um so i think like growing up i realized like oh maybe the halo games wasn't just something i you know i just happened to play when i was young maybe it's actually like a good game a good game series and i that's something i realized after a while because i kind of took a break from halo for like two three years uh playing call of duty you know when i was like 12 years old i had that uh stage uh but then i kind of found found my uh, way back and i realized like oh this is incredible like i didn't realize how good this was because when you're little you don't really like notice that clearly what makes a good game good but growing up i felt like okay this is a good game series and i uh, i want to see what i can do with it so i started sketching like master chief and stuff uh in school and um and yeah then it just like how i started my instagram and all that it just started as me just wanting to post my art somewhere uh kind of as a shit post account you know um <laughs> uh, because uh i've told i've told people before but my name vernisage is basically just a pun like it's like uh vernisage in swedish which is i think it's a french word i think uh it's like an art exhibition um so it's that and my last name which starts with a w so i kind of merged those together uh, but then i went to university um after school and uh, uh i went there for one year and then i got burned out because i realized like this isn't much this isn't very fun because it was a lot of marketing and programming and i realized i that wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, who am I doing this for if not me? <laughs> so I started making art on the, a lot more art on the side. And I uh, ended up posting uh, something with the Halo Spotlight hashtag on Instagram. So that's where I got my first in, uh, international followers. And after there, it just kind of took off. I, I just started painting more and more Halo, which wasn't really what I painted uh, in the beginning, but it kind of became my thing. and. I think you can see on my YouTube, like, and on and on Instagram, like how I kind of had to find my way there. Like, uh, it wasn't perfect at the start, but I think I'm getting better with understanding the art style of Halo and all that. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are. That's super cool, man. I, I also now that you bring up that they they were kind of teaching you in art school a little bit about either marketing or things like that. I feel like even though maybe you, you dip from the program at a certain time early on, some of those lessons still kind of ring through with some of your communication and the way that you, the way you craft your videos and, you know, from the typography to the colors to like, I guess the whole brand guideline of your, of your yeah. YouTube channel, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah. Me being a graphic designer um, via trade going to art school too, like, that's something I really resonated with um, that you, you actually did take the time to use fonts that were applicable to sort of the halo 
universe. You know, so there's a lot of videos on YouTube where it's like top 10 best this, that. And it's just like the cringiest, yeah. most cheesy fonts imaginable. And, you know, I always, I always appreciated that. Like, Hey, this dude is taking time to like make this look legit, <laughs> you know, like, thank you. It, it's also not legit in the fact that it's just biting off of like the standard aesthetic of the halo games either. Like th- there's a certain amount that is either consistent or feels like maybe it could exist in some sort of halo universe, but really I, I like that you've learned to make it kind of your own thing and it, and it kind of speaks to itself it's a nod to the halo stuff in terms of typography and layout design, but it's also you forging your own way, which I found really, really cool. And I think in, in, in that kind of landscape of halo lore and armor customization stuff, it's kind of a, for those who don't know, people are very passionate about their video games. They are. (laughs) Yeah. And they're very preferential and have a certain way they think things need to be done. And if it's not done certain way, they'll, you know, cause havoc and, and go crazy. So, um, and even now we're sort of in sort of a weird place with Halo with kind of infinite that's come out a bit ago and it had a lot of promise and it's kind of, I don't know. I just feel like there's constant videos on YouTube of people rightfully. So just kind of complaining, saying how terrible the game is, et cetera. And there's just a lot of negativity in there. So that's another thing with your videos too. I, I just love that it's like literally, I think you did like a Halo 4 and Halo 5 like retrospective video. Yeah. And man, those games catch so much hate. You know, as you would kind of imagine after a super substantial trilogy, Halo CE, Halo 2, Halo 3, like those games laid the groundwork for for the franchise for sure. And then 4 and 5 come out with a very different kind of art style. Things are a bit more shiny. Um, the forerunner architecture looks a little bit different, but also kind of similar, but it's kind of like a more advanced, more angular. And it's like, they just took the detail knob and just like threw it all the way to the max, (laughs) which I find kind of cool, you know? And I, I think that's something that I really resonated with when I watched your video. I mean, those games, people hate those games, which is a shame because, you know, at 343 and also at Bungie previously in the trilogy, there's, it's not like a couple people sit down and make these things. I mean, we're talking an entire company full of extremely dedicated, talented people who, you know, they, they pour blood, sweat and in years into these projects. And um, yeah, I, I just thought it was great. You did sort of a retrospective and um, I had similar thoughts about the series um, four and five halo. And I think the way you put it was just very succinct. And I was like, you know, everything I kind of had to say about those games, Vernissage kind of summed it up nicely in, in, in a clean package. So that, yeah. that was, that was really cool. What, what was your sort of approach to some of either that video or ev- even some of the ones that are earlier on your channel? Like how did you, how did you decide to, Hey, let me sit behind a microphone and kind of talk about these things beyond just posting. That's interesting. Um, well, I the thing is, I I have uh, made YouTube videos for a long while. Actually, I started making YouTube content when I was just when Halo Five come out. So that was like 2015, 2016. I had a YouTube channel called Luminous Cactus, which was like my gamer tag at the time. Uh, I was trying to make that a thing, and I I did a lot of like uh, Halo skits 
well not skits really more like funny moments of halo uh, and stuff um, like machinima sort of a thing i did a few machinimas but it was mostly like uh i had like a series called halo at its finest and it was just like uh a bunch like a it was basically just me recording stuff that happened you know you press the xbox button and then you press x to record the last 30 seconds uh it was a bunch of those clips uh and i uh i had a lot of editing in those actually but it was like you know i had some text because I, I didn't want to talk back then um so that was kind of i kind of got used to the whole uh youtube uh, climate back then i guess but <laughs> it's funny because i think i got like until i stopped posting i think i got maybe a hundred subs uh and then i had like after at least after six months because i had that channel in maybe three four years and after six months with my new channel bernie sosh i had like ten thousand subscribers so i kind of okay i kind of realized like okay i'm probably gonna do art art is a lot more easy to uh <laughs> to uh make a thing i guess in the youtube halo youtube the climate uh but yeah I don't I don't know what got me into like just talking about my art. I think it was just I realized I had some art. Uh I had made some evolution of Halo at the time, different helmets like how did Master Chief's helmet look back then versus now. Uh and I was like, "Oh, I, I guess I could make like a video about this, uh try the whole YouTube thing again because I wanted to expand, I think." Um and that uh that gave me a few hundred subscribers because I had my Instagram uh, which was really helpful like people came from my instagram to watch the videos uh but it was really when i made the first redesigning halo video that um that it really took off like that's when i got i think it was five thousand subscribers in a month something like that which was insane i've never seen that growth ever since but it was uh yeah that was a crazy month uh, I had COVID and everything, <laughs> so I was sick, but I saw all the love online, which was awesome. Um, That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Uh, so that really redesigning <laughs> Halo, I felt like, oh, okay, people want to see stuff redesigned from Halo. Because as you, as you said, like people care sometimes a bit too much about the art of Halo. Um, and especially seeing as uh, also, like you said, Halo 4 and 5 very much changed up the overall look of halo so i think a lot of people had a bunch of things a bunch of aspects of the art that they wanted to see reimagined and redesigned so uh i think that really helped me grow in the beginning because uh because yeah even even though i don't think i did an incredible job people still thought uh there was some potential there i had some i, I guess i had some good ideas or something uh, which was uh, which was fun. Uh, so yeah, since then I've just been I've been I'm trying some different things, but mostly redesigning Halo stuff. Uh, but uh, but yeah, as we said, it's very controversial that whole aspect of redesigning Halo and what Halo what Halo is supposed to look like, basically. Uh, so you know, I realized like, oh, maybe people are perceiving these videos in a different way than I intended them. Because a lot of people would like, would be like, oh, hire this guy. He's uh, three for three, the developers of Halo. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, let him do everything. And I kind of, I was kind of like, you know, 
I'm not I'm not the savior. I I don't know how to handle a game. You know, I I just make some fan art. Uh, so that's more when I started to make stuff like the retrospective of Halo Four and Five's art style. And I think you can tell by watching that video that I really went like, like I really cared about that. Because uh, at first it was more like okay, I want I want to show people that I don't hate these new games. I think they have some redeeming uh, aspects. Uh, but in the process of making it, I just fell in love with the games. Like I, I, I just went into like theater mode and just like watched the world and the characters and stuff. And I just, I just fell in love with the, at least a lot of places in the, in those games, uh, like a lot of locations and stuff, different planets. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. So if you watch that video, you can tell that I, I really care. And a lot of people shit on me for that because I cared about those games. Like, oh, this actually looks good. Um, which apparently you cannot say that when it's when you're talking about Halo 4 and 5. Uh, but that was really fun to just not like, even though my videos aren't supposed to be negative, it kind of implies that it needs changing. But it was fun to just talk about the things I think they did right. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I second a lot of what you just said. And, you know, there were, there was a few times where um, kind of to give you a little bit of backstory on sort of this new Halo series that I was kind of putting together via yeah. doing paintings. Um, it was funny because some of my favorite things from Halo 3 were the helmets and like the recon helmet and in particular, the Hayabusa helmet. Like I just, I'd never really been exposed to anything game wise or even artistically at the time that was like had, had that much variance in creative control that the user had. Um, and, and that also paralleled, you know, forge for halo three that came out. Um, forge was huge for me personally. Like I, uh, I don't really know how to do like coding or developing all too much. I mean, I learned some of it in college, but, when I was in middle school and I first, I think I was maybe eighth grade, opened up Halo 3, played Halo 3 a little bit. And then I was like, what is Forge? Like, what, what, do you, what even is this? So I like click into Forge and then all of a sudden you're like flying around and you can spawn objects. You can spawn huge cubes and bricks and you can, you can just build stuff. <clears throat> and I had like no point of access to build anything in the three-dimensional realm other than like Legos or something, you know? And so all of a sudden you're, you're interfacing with a game on a level far beyond just like playing the campaign mode and kind of shooting the aliens. Now I'm in this whole different world. I can spawn objects. Um, I can build. Um, it's kind of funny. I uh, early on, I was a part of a, I'm sure you've probably heard of Forge Hub. Do you know what Forge Hub is? Yeah. 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 It's like for people who don't know, it's basically like a bunch of people who make custom levels and maps and stuff. They kind of partake in this online forum. You make a level, you can share it and you can get feedback on it. And, you know, in Halo 3 and also Halo Reach, Forge Hub was just like such a booming online space that I was kind of a part of. And, um, we would actually be, I, I was one of those people in Halo 3 that made like those like racetracks. So you'd hop oh, in the mongoose yeah. and like 
there's hills and like loop-de-loops and curves and all kinds of stuff like that. And like, dude, I, I don't know if you know this, but in order to actually make some of those levels, you had to literally glitch the Halo 3 game itself. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to spawn an object and then like reset the, oh, what's it called? I think it was called like, you don't restart the game, but you kind of restart that, that segment of your map process. And then you spawn another object. And then those two objects, when you restart it again, become merged. Yeah. So like long story short, you had to go through this, you know, preposterous process that um, fans of the forge mode kind of intuitively made this process up. Like, it's not like the game developers sought out and were like, we're going to make it to where you can merge all this stuff. It was like people glitched the game to yeah. push the medium of creating levels to such a level that, you could make a roller coaster, you can make all this stuff. So, you know, that, that was kind of my introduction to some of the architecture of the game, um, as well as the custom helmets, etc. cetera. Um, all this is just to say, when, when I sought out to do kind of a, a, a five-piece canvas study of kind of like you do sort of a retrospective on some of the Halo elements, originally my first idea was like, man, some of those helmets and armor stuff in Halo is so cool. I would love to make a canvas that's like kind of stylized like the recon helmet or carry some of the geometric nature of that. And so I literally went to YouTube and was kind of doing some research. And I was like, dang, dude, Vernissage just killed that idea. Like he just took it <laughs> and just has explained it all in such a way that I'm like, man, if I'm going to try to do something like this, I can't do armor because I just feel like you put it so succinctly and in, 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 <laughs> in such a good package that, you know, it's hard to compete with that. So, well, thank you. But I, I, I think, uh, well, I, uh, I, I think you make a lot more interesting stuff, but nevertheless, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, we, we make different styles of, uh, of art. So I think, I think you, I think that would be awesome. Like seeing these angular, very stylized helmets. I think that would be awesome in, in your style. Yeah, I did a couple like mock-up designs of them, but the whole time I just, I kept coming back to like, I, and this is one of the things I resonate so much with those videos you made is that you really have a skill to sort of boil the helmet design down to almost like its core and, and find ways to either um, pay tribute to that or also sort of add subtle additions that don't kind of overpower in the way that maybe the halo four or halo five helmets kind of like, like I said, the yeah. detail knob is just pushed exactly. to the umpteenth degree. Um, I, I feel like you have a very good way of kind of honoring and, and pushing that, that detail knob to a level that it's evolved it, it it's pushed it to a, a new level but it's also not kind of bastardizing the previous history of, of said helmet etc um where did you learn sort of that that preferential treatment to those helmets or you know how did how did you develop that did you feel like halo 4 and 5 kind of went away from some of this standard style and this is kind of your response to bringing that detail knob a little bit back uh Good question. I think now that you say it, I think probably Halo was probably like the biggest inspiration for me, like growing up to realize like uh, for me, at least art is so much more about, uh, you know, you, you can make you can really make something look incredibly good with little detail as long as you 
uh, do it right. Uh, versus you, you can also make something look good with a lot of detail, but in my opinion, you it's all it's like it's a lot bigger of a risk to kind of lose the uh, originality of it or the uh, recognizability of it. You know, kind of like to like see like what is this thing kind of like uh transformers um uh, you know it's okay to well I, I think a lot of those designs look cool in the uh My- michael bay movies yeah talking but about the- detail going to the umpteenth degree exactly yeah exactly so i mean again I, I some of them look cool but in my opinion they kind of got lost in that like oh we can put a lot of detail in it so we're gonna do it uh but I think uh, really looking at the new, uh, well, not very new, but the Bumblebee movie that came out a few years ago, uh, that really shows like it's still detailed. Like uh, there's just as many polygons, I'm sure. Uh, but they focus, like they have a few de- areas that are just clean, just smooth to break up kind of all the mess, you know, underneath. While the Michael Bay movies were much more like... Uh, you know, just noise everywhere, visual noise everywhere, because it looks it looks cool. Uh, but it just, uh, I think art can be so much more, do something more with less, you know, instead of doing more with more. Um, so I think, so yeah, probably Halo learned me, like, t- t- teach me about, like, you don't need a lot, a, lot, a lot of details to make something look good, while Transformers taught me this is how it can look if it goes a bit too far. Uh, so I think I needed that. Uh, but I, uh, well, n- n- not not to get cocky, but uh, some teachers uh, have told me like they think I do a good job with like placements and stuff, you know, with uh, like how I, where I put different aspects of, of an artwork. Uh, like composition. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Composition. Um, so that's something I've heard. So I'm guessing that kind of helped when I made some, uh, especially some helmet designs, like where where to put what and stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, I think uh, Halo actually was the biggest inspiration. And uh, the fact that I maybe had some eye for like where to put stuff, probably. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I I second a lot of that. I, I definitely agree with, you know, you have a very good sense for like composition, um, balance. There's I don't exactly know the specifics of it, but I think um, I think it's called Gestalt theory, which is sort of like some sort of I don't know some artistic study in um, the balance of other objects and other shapes and how those kind of interplay together. I feel like you have a very good sense of like visual gestalt that, um, you know, kind of maybe even unknowingly through your perception of the games and and sort of the the history of how you've seen it done have kind of taken it to almost provide you sort of a roadmap of, um, yeah, if you were creative director of of the franchise, if you will, how how you would kind of retreat or um, um, pull the detail knob, not only back, but also um, bring them to something that's more consistent with, with what's previously kind of been shown. And funny enough, I was listening to um, the Not a Halo podcast that you do with a bunch of other really cool and talented Halo creators. Um, yeah. 
And I think it was Alex that was talking about, you know, I, I love that you guys talk about sort of music a lot in that podcast too. Cause I feel like art talk, I mean, you could just, you could get lost in it <laughs> to yeah, a certain definitely. extent, but um, the, the way music parallels a lot of that too. I think Alex brought up that um, I think she used like Avenged Sevenfold or maybe Green Day or, or, or maybe even Metallica as an example of like, you know, these bands start out, they have a certain vision, a certain kind of style or a certain aesthetic to the, the treatment of their music. Um, they develop some sort of hype off of this treatment and then um, they kind of ride that out until they're bored with it. And then, you know, they start to try new things. And that that's when, if, if your favorite band has maybe two albums that you love, the first two albums they make are perfect to you. That third album, you're like, what? happened yeah exactly. what is going on yeah. here what are they doing like this is not why we like them and i feel like halo kind of went through a similar treatment with four and five where people were just so used to the way it had been and i think the that detail knob had been so gradual at that point you know and, and it really parallels kind of what was even possible in gaming at the time too yeah um you know so it's almost like if transformers was made at a point earlier when they really couldn't have infinite polygons to their animations you know what what would that um how would that have informed the narrative in the style progression over the years you know technology yeah. just exponentially increased and by the time halo 4 and 5 came out it was just like dude let's just let's transformers the hell out of this <laughs> and just yeah you know, yeah, because I think take I think the shines also... and just like <laughs> textures <laughs> reflections just let's let exactly. it rip. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on something there because I feel like, you know, when it comes to movies like CGI, I think, what was it like two, 2007 when the first Transformers came out? I think, uh, I think that's kind of when they realized like, oh, we can actually make a lot of, like, like we can make some complicated stuff now with CG. So I think that really reflects in that movie, like, oh, we want to show off what we can do. Uh, and I think the same thing happened with games, like around 2012, you know, kind of with the new generation and stuff. Like games started to become a lot more, well, they're more capable of rendering, you know, uh, a lot more details. So I think, yeah, I think you're on something there. Like Halo 4 and 5, they realized they could do a lot of details and stuff. Uh, so I think that's what, push them to do that i think now like today with movies and uh video games i think every, everyone knows what they're capable of so i feel like game developers are more free to do whatever they want because they don't have to show off like obviously we can have a lot of details so i think i think we see that in halo infinite like uh there's a lot of details but it's a lot more simple it's a lot more easy to, to understand which uh which is something i prefer but of course, there you can like the other side of it too, if you want. Yeah, exactly. And paralleling kind of what Alex was saying too, in regards to music, you know, let's say your favorite band does go down a certain route that you're not used to. Eventually, either their sales kind of dip down or or even they've played out their new style and they've been kind of on this this um, journey to find whatever the new direction is, et cetera they get to a point where it's like, you know what? That old stuff was fun. That old stuff we actually enjoy now that we've had some time to reflect on it. We don't have to, um, you know, the example I have is like some musicians 
especially in genres that like, like metal, for instance, if you're in a hardcore band, you know, you make a couple of hardcore albums, that stuff's not that hard to play on guitar. It's just power chords. You strum kind of fast and that's kind of the extent of it. But I feel like some bands get into like a sort of musical, um, musical technical show-off game of like, we're just going to write as complex stuff as we possibly can. And it's good because it shows how much we can do. I mean, I literally saw a band last week that man, dude, the drummer just, he just had too much going on. It was like, bro, you don't need to put that much stuff in there. Like you're battling with everyone else in your band to all be like, it's like if everyone plays solos at the same time, you're like, bro, what is happening? You know, if you like that kind of a thing, cool. But yeah, to me, there's something to be said with like pushing the detail knob and also keeping things balanced in a certain way that it communicates effectively. Yeah. It doesn't become that transformers noise. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think uh, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. Uh, And I think, uh, you know, like if if we bring up the Michael Bay Transformers again, I think if you just put some, you know, uh, some clean armor pieces, you know, over it, I think it will look good because, you know, you have this visual noise, which you're not really supposed to focus on. uh, But then you have these easy to understand pieces so you both get these like oh it's a lot of details it's it looks real but it's not visual noise like my eyes can at least look at it um which i always prefer uh having something to be something that's more easy to understand something you can look at instead of just getting lost in all the detail and something i've always like like the rule i've always gone by is if i can look at a movie like look at a suit or some armor and if I can go home after that, after that, and kind of paint it, then I think it succeeds as you know, being easily recognizable and uh, and just in just just a good uh, design, basically. Because uh, the moment you start adding too much detail and you can paint a picture in your head of what it looks like, uh, you kind of lose. Like that, that means you it wasn't recognizable. And a lot of the times you want it to be recognizable because you want people to think about it and you want to leave an impact. But if it's just noise, it kind of gets lost in there. If you can paint it, then you obviously don't have an image of it in your head. Uh, So that's usually what I go by. Yeah, I second that, dude. I especially with my artwork as well. Like there's a there's a fine line between pushing it too far and and kind of keeping things in a range that. communicates effectively it's you know it's, it's something I actually learned in design school that oftentimes and, and I try to make my artwork communicate in the same way that the sometimes the best design actually goes unnoticed because it's exactly what it's supposed to be you know it's yeah. like I feel like people didn't know that the Halo 3 art style was just just this you know maybe not Halo 3 maybe Halo 2 except you know whatever but you almost didn't know that it was it was the right um, the right dials in place until after these other games come out. Then it's like, oh yeah, that was kind of what we sort of generally as a community kind of resonated with the most, almost. And it's like you really do need to push things in another direction to even come back and have that retrospective, because without experimentation and pushing things, you, you know, you're never going to have that hindsight to know where that knob is supposed to kind of be. 
And I feel like Halo Infinite did a pretty good job of, you know, despite some of the developmental hurdles with its current state, I, w- I was impressed um, with my, my first experience with that. And like, I really am not, I'm not really a big gamer. Like truth, truth be told, I, I played Halo three. I forged a lot. Um, and then when reach came out, I forged a lot with Halo reach. Yeah, I can imagine. But, um, yeah, I really, I never really played much call of duty or really any games other than that, really. I mean, I just think the, the Halo universe has been so, so deep and interesting and like, it's one of those things like like you said when you were a kid you're kind of walking around these forerunner buildings and like this this campaign mode and the story and yeah it's cool or whatever but really like when you're young it's just okay yeah you shoot the bad guys and then you get points or whatever yeah but yeah when you're a little older and you play it it's like dang dude like i, I think i watched like a late night gaming um segment on some of the forerunner stuff when i was doing research for my paintings and he said something that kind of stood out to me that um, it's almost like these forerunner buildings and architecture are, are sort of like cathedrals, like these ancient kind of old hyper-technological cathedrals that you're sort of roaming around this completely different world that there's these huge monolithic obelisk things that are, you know, shooting plasma into the atmosphere or something. And it's just, it's like, it's otherworldly, but in a way, I think he, he talked about how he went to some like Christian Orthodox cathedrals or something back in the day. And um, there's a sense of familiarity towards the treatment of the forerunner buildings with how cathedrals are sort of architecturally structured. There's these kind of long corridors and hallways, and there's a repetitive sense of, um, of scale and of leading lines that are kind of utilized through religious architecture um, in a way that I, I really hadn't really thought of that before um, that there is some sort of connection like that there. And um, yeah, I, th- I thought you put that, I think you touched on that a little bit in your um, four and five retrospective that, yeah, these things are kind of awe inspiring. And um, even though the four and five treatments a little different um, they're, they're still kind of beautiful artistic pieces to be kind of considered, which I yeah. respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think Halo 4 and 5, well, especially Halo 4. Halo 5 is probably my least favorite version of like the Forerunner, uh, especially like their aesthetic. But I think Halo 4 did something interesting because it was like, I love the uh, Forerunner stuff in the earlier games. Halo 4 was interesting because it kind of, it didn't have a lot of these repetitive stuff. You know, it, it was kind of flashy. You know, we wanted to show off like, oh, look at this structure. Look at this hallway, uh, which is something I can respect because it does look really good, uh, especially on a on an old Xbox 360, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, it's exactly like you what you said in the late night gaming. I think my, my favorite is probably Halo 3 because of like, I usually just go into the mission, the arc. Uh, and for those who don't know, the arc is basically like a massive, uh, uh, well, structure, I guess you could say, but it's almost like a planet. Uh, and it's like a couple of light years away from the Milky Way galaxy, I think. So when you go there, you go there through a portal, you just look up at the sky and you just see like the Milky Way galaxy 
up there and you just realize like, oh, I'm pretty far away from home. And then you just roam around these uh, just abandoned uh, structures and hallways and sand over uh, everywhere. Just like it, it really just it's creepy, but kind of cozy. I, I usually just uh, just stop moving there for a while and just like look around, just like taking like, oh, people used to live here. Even though it's a video game from 2007, it feels like someone used to live here like a hundred thousand years ago, and now it's just it's just empty, uh, and we're uh, pretty far away from home. Which uh, just stuff like that. It's the simple things that really got me into more of that foreigner style, the repetitive uh, corridors, as you say. Uh, like if there's a wall, a foreigner wall in Halo Three and the earlier games, uh, it's just like. A repetitive wall it looks the same the entire way around the entire halo ring uh while in halo 4 and 5 it was more like it wanted to show off you know it wanted to be its own thing and more unique uh, but you know i think i think i can respect both of them i just think i like more of the classic one the more subtle uh foreign aesthetic definitely man i um it, it's so funny you brought up like these spaces being abandoned because um, in my creative journey, I, in my later years in high school, I actually got into painting graffiti. Um, and so all of a sudden I'm going from, you know, playing these video games and exploring these worlds and going to these like old ancient buildings that are either falling apart or nature, I guess guardians is kind of, or guardian, the, the multiplayer map is kind of an example of nature sort of reclaiming yeah. this, you know, ancient structure. And so once I started painting graffiti, now I'm, I'm literally exploring the city and finding, Oh snap. Like I'm literally inside of an abandoned factory that is literally getting swallowed by, you know, nature and moss and trees. And like in a weird way, I had that exact same experience from playing Halo where like, you're like, wow, I'm in this, you know, people used to work here. There used to be something happening here. And now I'm in this new space. That's now extremely quiet, extremely subtle. And um, you're kind of imagining in your head what it, what it could have been like when the forerunners were, you know, roaming these corridors or something. And, and now I'm in like an old car factory thinking, Oh, wow. You know, the cars came through here and that's, that's crazy that, you know, there used to be so much living within this space. And so it was kind of weird exploring places in the city and like feeling like I'm in a halo map. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I completely agree. It's funny you bring that up because I usually like compare uh, all the foreigner stuff of the halo games uh, to, you know, these liminal spaces those images of like places that yeah yeah it's often like uh you know uh like a uh what's it called you know it could, it could be a school at night it's just it's just empty and dark and you kind of, you know there's like a light at the end maybe but nothing more than that it's just kind of creepy like there should be people here but there's no one here something is just off and you feel like you've been there before that's really what the yeah. foreigner style is a hundred percent, man. It's so crazy. You bring that up. Cause like, I just imagine a couple people who make a game sitting down and like trying to make that. It just seems yeah. like a hard thing to sit down and make. <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you make that? <laughs> it's just crazy. dude. Like, yeah, man, that's, that's wild. Um, 
So one thing I like to touch on in each podcast, especially is kind of um, what, what were some lowlights with your creative journey, whether it be um, Vernissage, like the YouTube channel or um, making your art and just trying to get it out there or, um, and, and even how art and sort of this halo fascination, how that plays into sort of your day to day, whether it be a job or a profession or kind of, I guess what I'm saying is what are some low lights and also how does art play a role in sort of keeping your lights on and, and being an integral part of your day to day? Yeah, good question. Uh, low lights, you mean like uh, l- low moments? Kind yeah. of when, uh, yeah. AKA, yeah, AKA exactly. what traumas have you had to suffer through yeah. to pursue oh, the enjoyment of your art? <laughs> there's a few. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, like in the beginning, um, it was very much positive. Like uh, that's really, in a way, that's kind of the best part of, uh, of like making videos or making content. Um, and you're, when you're kind of, you know, quote unquote blowing up it's always most most fun in the beginning in a way because uh everyone's just everyone who's there wants to be there and they feel like oh i'm part of a small community i i love this you know um so that's something magical with that but you know uh while i got bigger and bigger i got more and more comments like uh you know someone was claiming uh uh i was hating on two for three's art which i never do you know uh some people just tell me why i'm wrong and uh that i uh you know like even though i put months of work into a video i get told it's you know it's not supposed to be that way and uh that yeah i don't know yeah i i can't come up with anything on the spot but there's been a few comments that like really uh ruined my day but Dang. i think yeah but i think I think you get better at that. Like I get better like like, okay, they're probably like uh 10 years old and they don't <laughs> even know like yeah, you know, <laughs> no offense to 10-year-olds, but uh a, a lot of the times it's people who don't really think before they say something. Uh the ones I do take issue with is people who write like a novel of of points and they're all just negative, never you know, understanding my po- point of view, just complaining for the sake of complaining. And it's like, I'm all for feedback. I love feedback, but I just don't like when it gets either personal or like when you take stuff out of context, stuff, stuff like that. And that's something I, I've realized I just have to get used to because it's the internet. Obviously there's always going to be people like that. Uh, so uh, like recently, it, it was pretty tough uh in, like with both of my promethean videos for people that don't know the promethean the promethean style well the prometheans are kind of a part of what um you know the forerunner the foreigner aesthetic um and but they're more they were introduced in halo 4 which was they were kind of controversial because they didn't look very forerunner so some people love them because they think they look cool some people don't like them because they don't fit the uh the foreigner style and that's something I've tried two times. I first tried to redesign the weapons of the Prometheans. Uh, and uh, looking at it now, I don't think I did a great job. And I got some, you know, mostly like respectful feedback, which I appreciate. But it wasn't very positive. 
so that kind of that was quite a hit uh uh but then recently, like my last video was redesigning the Prometheans themselves, like an enemy type, uh, which was, I got, I got a few uh, positive, well, I got a lot of, a lot of positive uh, response, but I also got a lot of negative response, especially on like Reddit and stuff. Uh, it was kind of tough to see so many people just agreeing like, oh yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing, uh, which is, it's you know it's it's always tough when you kind of become like oh that guy he's that guy who ruins the designs I know and love uh, which is never Dang. what you want to do yeah like I yeah I don't work for Halo uh, I just make fan art you know that's always what I say but like I just make fan art like it's okay if you don't like them and I'm always open for uh, criticism uh, respect for criticism but um, like that's like in a way they they because you put it in such a succinct package and because the, the messaging and communication is, you know, well thought out and considered thus, it must be from three, four, three themselves, you know, <laughs> like it's just, you, you really have to spell it out for some folks that look like, yeah, I'm just a guy and I, I enjoy this stuff. And, you know, I have yeah. a few ideas too, but they're not the, you know, the Bible. It's just, it's yeah, a couple exactly. things that, you know, it's like a little bit of extra salt on this. And I think it would have tasted good kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I usually try to like tell people uh, in a calm way, like I'm not three for three industries. I don't make the games. I'm just a fan, but you know, you're, you're obviously allowed to criticize it. Uh, and you're allowed to call me a dickhead for making those designs, but I'm probably not going to respond to that. I'm probably not going to look at that either. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's that. And like, even like with this latest video with the Prometheans, it was kind of tough because like, I think a few days after releasing that, there was an artist who I believe he worked on Halo Infinite, actually, probably as a contractor. Uh but he actually made some redesigns of the Prometheans, which I'm, oh, I'm certain he started working on them before me. So probably didn't make them just to like shit on me. Obviously, he was very respectful about it. But he posted his uh, redesign of the Prometheans, which uh, you know I'm not just saying it. I really preferred his designs, and I'm I've had some people say they pre prefer my designs, which you know that's that's nice. But I uh, uh, I really do think his designs were better and most of the people thought so too and that was kind of hard to like he was he was very respectful he like he protected me in a lot of the comments because a lot of the comments pointed out pointed out like oh i saw a video of someone redesigning them the other day and it, and it was awful compared to this oh jeez uh, yeah so he was he was really <laughs> respectful about it but it was kind of a big hit like oh shit someone did what i did but better uh just a couple of days after that was that was kind of heavy but mm. at the same time, I think it kind of taught me a lesson. Like, that's just how it is. You know, that's that's the world. You got to get used to that. Sometimes someone just so, sometimes some some people like something someone else did compared to what you did. And that's just the way it is. Like, I still make the art I make. And I some people probably prefer what I do. Some people prefer what he, he does. And I think right. that's important to uh, to realize, like, we all have our audiences, I think. Yeah, absolutely, man. And kind of speaking to your discussion on like, you know, the fact that this guy who redesigned the Prometheans, et cetera, even knows about 
the things that you've made and has kind of spoken towards the efforts you have taken, have you garnered any sort of response from let's say 343 or Bungie or either X or current employees who actually do make these games? You know, I'm, I'm sure you get lots of comments where people are like, oh, they just need to hire Vernissage to do uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the helmet, you know, customization yeah. and et cetera. Have you actually interacted or talked with some of the people who have worked on these games? And um, yeah, what's your, what's your take on that kind of, not to put uh, you on the spot. No, no. <laughs> very good. Uh, no, but I, well, three for three hasn't come out and said, "Oh, Vernis Arch, he's the he's the Halo artist. Uh, you guys got to check him out." Uh, but yeah, I I've had a few people who at least have worked on three for three like comment on my stuff, uh, which just you know it always makes my day. Uh, now, even though it, he didn't respond to any art I did, but Joseph Staden did uh comment on my post once uh he's the writer for uh halo 3 odst i think he was working on all the halo games basically and halo mm -hmm. 2 i think too uh stuff like that but that, that was it's uh, it's not relevant because that was for like a video i made of like uh i was grappling around in halo infinite like spider-man uh <laughs> it kind of went viral but oh well uh so that's more of like where i've uh spoken spoken quote-unquote to the higher-ups at three for three uh but but yeah i think i've i've gotten in touch with a few people uh who've worked on it and it's always it always just makes my day when someone i really respect and look up to follow me like the the artist for i think he's worked on pretty much every single halo game uh isaac hannaford um he, he he hasn't commented on my art, but he did start following me the other day, which was nice. So I hopefully he saw some of my art and thought, "Hey, let's follow him." Uh, I I want to must have, yeah. I hope so. Uh, so that that really made my day. I I love when I get, yeah, when when someone sees my art that I really respect and someone likes it. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a big and very loud and very dense world of content. And, you know, YouTube's such a big place with classic machinimas from, you know, 2008 still living on YouTube with millions of views. The Red versus Blue series, you know, it's a it's a, it's a busy place to even kind of stand out and, and try to make something. Um, yeah, I've, I've just kind of tiptoed into it a little just with my Halo series that I've been painting, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been wild, man. And it's been really cool to observe, you know, your progression and, and your history kind of doing what you do. And man, I think if anybody's a fan of, of any of the Halo games, and if you've listened to this podcast thus far, um, definitely check out Furnasage's stuff more and, and keep following, keep updated. And, you know, he's constantly posting, you're doing cool teasers and stuff of new, new videos you're about to drop. And man, I just, can't say it enough. I think you do a really, really good job, man. Thanks, thanks, and uh, and likewise, uh, I, I I see that you're. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're kind of inspired by, uh, especially like the foreigner aesthetic for a lot of your works. Is is that correct? Like not not just the Halo works. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and it's something that I didn't even know. I was like inspired by it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, like I said, I started painting graffiti and, and went to design school and like, 
as I was working in design, I, I realized I had a preference for typography and lettering that was like always moving forward. You know, it was yeah. always italicized and fast angular and, yeah. and angular. And like, I, dude, I had no, I didn't know why, like, I don't really live in a very angular place. Like I said, I literally <laughs> just live in like a farm state. So, yeah, you know, Maybe when that's I, why you need it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yes. And I moved downtown to go to college. And, you know, at that point I was engaging with the architecture and, and even through painting, painting graffiti, you're really interacting with the building on like a, a very direct kind of intimate level where otherwise you'd walk past a building and it's just a wall. Now as a graffiti writer and as an artist, you're kind of looking at the scale of the wall and I don't know, just the fabric of a city is, is so dense with so much visual noise. Um, and I, I kind of started developing a preference for angular architecture in, in my own city. And I really had no idea where this preference came from. Um, and then, like I said, I played a lot of Halo 3, a lot of Halo Reach, a little bit of 4, but I kind of fell off of Halo like a while ago. Maybe, I don't know, like when did Reach come out? Uh, 2010. 2010? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I started painting graffiti in like 2013. So basically stopped playing Halo, started painting graffiti pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hadn't played Halo for you know, over maybe five, six, seven, eight years. Um, and my youngest brother, he's, he's autistic and he loves video games and, and loves playing video games with me. And so I actually purchased an Xbox once Halo five came out. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't really play a lot of video games anymore, but, um, I know my little brother, Sean has recently like found halo and he's now of age oh. where he can play halo and he's actually like darn good at it that's you know, awesome and so all of a sudden i'm like re falling in love with halo again through the eyes of my younger brother which is kind of neat um that's and so great kind of explaining to him some of the story and we'd play through the campaign and he's asking okay what you know who is this person i'm like well you know i'm giving him kind of the cliff yeah. notes version of this extremely dense game um, and yeah, it, it just hit me. I was like, dude, I think I went into, um, I forget which multiplayer map it was, but I was trying to sort of learn some of the multiplayer maps to sort of teach Sean where the sniper is or where the rocket yeah. launcher is and, and so on and so forth. And I, I went on one of the maps. I don't remember the name of it, but, um, it's in halo five and it's like, it's kind of like an asteroid type of map. Oh, yeah. But uh, there's like floating little rocks that are kind of floating through space. And the, the skybox is just like stunning, yeah. dude. It's, it's funny you bring that up. I always seem to forget what it's called. I think it's all the way down in the list. So it must be like a letter and at the end of the alphabet. <laughs> I yeah, was, I thought I it started forget. with like Z or a V or something. Yeah, something like that. Like but Vortex yeah, maybe? It's something like that. Yeah uh but it's funny you bring that up because that's honestly my favorite halo 5 map just because because of the because of the aesthetics like how yeah. it looks i've always loved that so that's always where i go if i want to get some screenshots and stuff because both the uh structures there and the like you said the skybox is insane because you this is just like this big sun right it's crazy uh, yeah and the stuff floating everywhere and that that's uh halo 5's aesthetic done right i think mm -hmm. like it's complicated but it 
like it keeps itself uh in check <laughs> like 100%. like it doesn't go way too far which yeah it looks incredible yeah well said dude like the the way that the the way that the architecture also blends into the environment was really cool too. Um, and I just kind of realized I was walking around that map. I was like, dude, this stuff is just still killer. Like, yeah. I just completely kind of forgot about how cool this stuff is and seeing three, four threes kind of approach to that too. And man, I was like, I'd love to do some sort of something halo related. I don't even know what it would be. And that, that's when I kind of found your art, your artwork and, and your videos too, just kind of just engaging with more Halo content and sort of trying to relearn where, where these games are and where the lore and, and where the culture kind of is with this. And um, yeah, yeah I, I fell in love with Forerunner architecture all over again and just tried to try to incorporate it into my artwork because yeah, like the angles, the, the sense of scale, that's something I really appreciated with those games that you're just a little guy and you're just yeah. in these i mean i don't even know how tall some of these monolithic things are they some of them just go off into the atmosphere yeah. into space like you're, yeah. they're just gone they're huge and so when i paint a mural i try to um i try to bring some of that forerunner awe and like sense of scale and try to actually put that into a mural so that when you're standing there, you're kind of feeling that like cathedral-esque sort of experience being like, oh, well, I'm in this weird new place with these crazy lines that are a hundred feet long and they just go off and wrap around the building. And like, I don't know, I'm trying to just capture some of that and put it onto a wall in, in some form of a fashion. Um, so yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily look like Forerunner architecture, but I do see what you mean. There's definitely a parallel there. Um, so I tried to kind of, do a, five painting studies that are with that at the forefront of the creative process. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping to release them here soon. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll awesome. show you some sneak peeks of them prior oh, to release to. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, cool, man. This is, this has been fun. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I'm honored to talk with somebody from a different place too. You know, it's cool chatting with people all around the world. That's yeah, something that podcasting definitely allows. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely the uh, the best part of like, uh, like you said, I started a podcast with with some friends, and uh, uh, two of them live in the U.S. I think one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. I live in Sweden, and the uh, fourth member lives in New Zealand. So uh, we're literally from all over the world, which uh, it's always fun when you bring something up like you know uh like some food or sport or something and everyone's just like wait what and you just, just realize yeah. how different we are even though we're very similar in other ways uh but yeah it's it's a lot of fun definitely man the you had a discussion the other day on one of the podcasts that was like accent based talking about yeah. you know sort of the uh the new zealand accent versus the australian accent and oh, yeah. then i think one of i think the guy from new zealand did like the uh the northern rural like country version of the accent there and i don't know i was like if there's a u.s version i feel like my accent would be in the in the country range <laughs> that's great yeah it's 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 interesting with that because uh i'm sure you like have an accent but to me it's uh even though i uh you know i dabble in a lot of english i talk with a lot of uh, english speaking uh people uh 
but I still have a hard time like differentiating accents. To me, you you just sound like, you know, uh, you I guess you could say typical American. Like you you sound like an American, but I'm sure you have an accent. But I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> find those. Yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up accents too, because I I never really thought about this, but even in your videos, like from somebody from the states when i hear people speaking on things i almost if it's somebody who has something interesting to say um i almost i don't want to hear it in like like i don't want me being like so the reason i like the forerunner architecture <laughs> like i just feel like your accent you being from sweden it just it's 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 softer and provides like a really good I don't know. I'm not trying to get too creepy here, but I, I just feel like it, <laughs> no, it blends with your videos really well in a way That's that so it's, nice. it's not combating like the footage and, and the videos and the art. It kind of, yeah, it kind of meshes in, in a way, which I think is really cool. It, That's it's, awesome. You can literally put it in the background and just let it roll, which I think is awesome. That's great. It's, it's funny you say that because uh, uh, believe it or not, but even though I make a lot of videos where I talk for uh, like half an hour, uh, and I make music, I, I've never liked my voice, especially growing up. Like I've gotten used to it now, uh, more or less, but it's, I've always thought it's like too thick or like too weird. And I never liked my accent because it's, uh, you know, the typical Swedish, I don't really have the typical Swedish accent, but I don't have a perfect American accent either. I'm so where, I don't know where, where I am. I think it works well though. But yeah, what, would, I, what would the typical Swedish accent sound like? uh well you know in television and stuff it's usually like it sounds like german like the typical german accent but it's not that like the swedish accent would be something like this you talk very you know uh, the t's are very direct mm. where i you know i make more of the american t the t where a swedish person would make a t like this uh yeah was that a conscious choice or just kind of (laughs) as you've been involved with the internet for a long enough time and people you've grown up with you kind of have evolved that yeah i I think i'm part of the generation that's you know that started to become more and more americanized or uh, you know uh growing up with a lot of uh english in my surroundings and like youtube especially i think is what teach me a lot more more so than school <laughs> uh well school t- did teach me grammar but like for the accent and stuff i think i just realized like okay if i say the t like this with like an s at the end the t it sounds more american because i i i learned that by listening to people uh so that kind of become became the way i talk so i i get stuck on words sometimes because you know like saying ghosts and stuff you know words like that but some are, are even difficult for americans to say uh like wasps 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 yeah. and bread crisps <laughs> bread crisps yeah uh, like uh it's uh it's really hard but um so yeah I, I think it would my video like recording my voice would be a lot easier if i just spoke the regular swedish accent but since i kind of have some uh some uh, tips and tricks as how to make it sound a little bit more American. I'm trying to uh, use those as well. That's wild, man. I I wouldn't have picked that up from 
from your videos. <laughs> so that's, that's an interesting take on it. Is this your, I mean, this is probably a weird question, but are you Americanizing this podcast or is this your, your standard way of, of speaking? Oh, uh, well, when I speak English, this is the way I talk. Okay, cool. So I, cool. I just have like one English, but, but yeah, I, I can, uh, you know, I can do the Swedish accent, accent. I can also do a very poor English accent, uh, a very Americanized accent, but, you know, I've never been very good at uh, accents, so uh, you wouldn't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, no, but I yeah, for, for English, I just have like this. Got uh, you, accent. got you. Yeah. 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 I mean, growing up here in the Midwest, like, man, we got, we got people, man. That, yeah. <laughs> we can go down to the corner store, man, get, you know, get, get you some gas, man. Got, 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 got people. <laughs> just mumble the words together. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, if I do any speaking or, or podcasting, it's, I, I try to say, I use less yaws and y'alls. Yeah. <laughs> y'all. yeah. That's like, something I've frequent down here. Like y'all, I, I usually type like, it started as a joke, but now it just like when I, when I ask questions in my discord and stuff, I usually just say like, what do y'all think? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I just pick up on stuff. Cause so it's interesting when you're, uh, well, when you're in my case from Sweden and you like, it's not like I live in an area where people talk English in a specific way. I kind of pick up on different areas. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I say cheers, but you know, that's more of a British thing to say. Uh, yeah. And sometimes I spell things in British, uh, like color with a U at the end. But then I'm like, wait, I kind of talk more American. Maybe I should spell it the American way. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's interesting when you just pick whatever you want. Like, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when it comes wild, to Frankenstein uh, language. Yeah, there's a lot of that even in like typographic and graphic design too, where different influences have, have formed why letter form looks a certain way. So like, even in, in my design background, I tried to like hybridize and like, I try to streamline and make sort of new typefaces or something that are almost void of those kind of preferential treatments, if you will. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's, it's neat. And I think, I think your videos and, and your artwork definitely touch on, I don't know. I think you've just got a unique perspective on a lot and like, the way you chew through the complexities of the halo landscape and, and, and more is, is pretty cool. And, you know, you're digitally painting those, right? So like that, that's yeah. a whole art form and a whole craft as well that um, people don't probably see the hours and the time that goes into like sketching those out, like iterating on all of those. And um, yeah, yeah, man, I have tremendous respect for that. I know it's definitely not easy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot it's it's a bigger like a longer process than you might think because yeah like you said first you got to come up with the idea like a sketch like how do i want this to look but then when you have that nailed down you gotta start on actually making it look 3d in my case which i usually do you know add some lighting some shadows and color correcting uh so it's more than just like painting something and then you're done you got to paint something that look, looks good then you make it realistic then you maybe realize oh this doesn't look good so now i gotta change that and uh, <laughs> so yeah exactly it's, it's a complicated process definitely dude well this has been fun man i've, I've taken up enough of your day dude so uh <laughs> you no, you, you enjoy the rest of your week man and um i'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to the next video you're gonna drop dude it's gonna be cool thanks thanks for having me yep appreciate it man mm -hmm.